The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Hey there, everyone. Welcome back to another program, Afternoons with Mike, heard daily here on the Shepherd Radio Network. I, I really am excited about this program today. Uh, I moved down to in Florida, to Florida, from Indiana in 1985, but uh, you have to kind of go uh, backwards a little bit to 1975 when this man and I met while I was on tour with a band down to Florida. His name is Danny Jones. Danny at that point was a youth pastor and uh, he had led worship in the past. I know uh, became a, a pastor and a worship leader at Calvary after th- that trip and we've spent years together as friends. It's hard to believe, Danny, 47 years. It's a lifetime friendship. It really is. So Danny Jones, now the you're kind of like the retired uh, senior pastor of Metro Life Church in Orlando. Uh, it is so great to have you with us here today. You're still obviously very much a part of our church, Metro Life Church, that is now located in Castleberry. Uh, and I've gotten you up here a couple of times in the past, but it's been a while. It has. And so I'm glad to have you back. Danny Jones, one of my dearest, longest friends and uh, really best friends. Like I said, 47 years. Our, our uh, friendship started off with a pool game that we were paired up in. We could do no wrong, my man. And I'm not a pool player. Well, I'm not it either. Was, it was just, well, you were a lot better than me, but oh. I mean, it was just, I'd hit, you know, use, use the cue ball or whatever. And like, how'd that go in? Well, it, yeah. it went in time after time and you and I smoked all of my friends that were on tour with me. <laughs> it was such a surprise. Really made them all mad. <laughs> <laughs> They're all competitive like you and I are. And uh, you might be more competitive now. You spank me all the time in that racquetball court. Well, yeah. So it, it, that you're just a competitive guy, Danny. You know, I, I think about what really though. It wasn't that virtue about you. You are a a real fun competitor. You're a dear, loyal friend. What drew me to you was the reality of your life. Uh, you know, you weren't a perfect guy. None of us are. But the reality you, of my imperfection. That's good. The, the reality of your love for Jesus. Mm. The reality of how that crossed over into your life. The reality of how you as a young and and really not not married long at that point, maybe what, a year at that point in nineteen seventy five. We just had our forty ninth anniversary yesterday. Yeah. So Yeah, you're married in seventy four. So uh, and I met you actually a year before you were married, but it was only in our, our greetings were like in passing. But that year in uh, the summer of 75, you were just married a year. And I got to be up close and see for really in my life, now this, this is not an exaggeration, for the very first time I, I saw a man who loved Jesus, who was serving in a church that I felt like, wow. I want to follow that guy. Mm. I want to follow that example, the model that you were living out. Uh, it, it's, it was amazing. I had just met my, what was to be my wife at that point, uh, not long after 
We had that meeting. I remember clearly. Yeah, it was awesome. one of the few things I still remember. <laughs> no, <laughs> come on. But uh, yeah, I met Cindy, and we we had our date uh, after that fateful trip to Florida from Indiana, where you and I got together. And uh, I, I would say more than a friendship for me. And I know, I, I tell you, man, it was like I met my long lost brother from another mother uh, on that trip. And, and I've never had a brother, so. Well, my first time around. That's what we became. We became (laughs) brothers in a real sense. And all these years later, we've gone through highs. We've gone through lows. We've gone through great experiences. Really, some could say mountaintop experiences in church life. For sure. And we've gone through some difficult times. Things that I wouldn't want to repeat. Absolutely. (laughs) But, But I'm grateful to God for you. And what I mentioned early on in this introduction the reality of the relationship is what I've just described. It's going to happen to every person that's living life for Jesus. It's not going to be perfect. We're not perfect people. We make mistakes. And you can't avoid the difficult times because God uses them every bit as much as he does the good times. He does. And he did. <clears throat> and that's, uh, that's why we are still close after all these years. And I'm excited about this phase of my life because the kingdom of God is more near and dear to me today than it ever has been. I agree. I feel the same way. And you know, I get to talk to Danny as you have throughout your entire ministry. I get to talk to people from all walks of life doing this radio show and what God is doing. I'm even hearing what the revival that's going on in the the country. Um, it excites me. And I think, you know, we've been praying as you and I got to witness what was a marvelous move of God in the nineties. Yes. And, and it was something that it was sustained in our church for over a year. Yes. And that's actually longer than a lot of revivals uh, are able to be sustained. And, and yet it did. And uh, our church grew, grew incredibly during that time frame, both numerically and then in the kingdom of God. And, you know, when that kind of, we could tell that that revival was uh, phasing, maybe going uh, on the waning side a little bit, it made me sad. And I thought, you know, there's no way we can make this thing happen. No, no. But uh, but you led us well during that time. Well, the thing is, the, the revival phase is so exciting and it's absolutely necessary because it takes time to really repent and to change your ways and agree with, you know, God's plan and, and God's kingdom. That takes a huge heart change, which doesn't necessarily happen overnight. Uh, salvation does, obviously, that's that's immediate. But the revival, we, we grew up as church kids. Yeah. And we had hearts that really needed to be changed. Oh, Lord, have mercy. And so that phase was thrilling. At the same time, it prepared us for living our lives for the glory of God every day. And so at some point you got to come out of the excitement into the day to day. Cause that's where we meet Jesus. Yeah. And he is there for us on the day to day. And uh, you know, you and I both had a chance years ago, one of my favorite authors and we got to hear him and then we got to have him in our church. And then we got to go to lunch with him. I'm talking about Jerry Bridges and in that his, was amazing. Oh, it was so much fun. Jerry spoke that word of grace in a way that was just like a grandfather speaking it. Exactly. And, and he lived it. And he everything about that man's life impacted me, including his many books. But we 
had an opportunity of going to lunch with him and sitting back and talk about the privilege of, of seeing a man who, who, again, was not perfect and, and his life had not been without its sorrows. He wrote the book, Trusting God, and then got to trust God with the death of his wife. Exactly. And, and yet what he imparted to us was this thing of, uh, you know, we don't live our lives. We shouldn't live our lives on the good day, bad day syndrome where on days we get up and we feel like we're on the mark and we've got it all going together. We had our devotions and man, it was awesome. Maybe we were in a little bit of revival. Uh, and then tomorrow morning you wake up and it's just like the opposite of that. He, he talked about how many of us live our lives with a good day, bad day. Right. But I, I love what he said on our best days, our lives are still shot through with sin. And on our worst days that we feel we don't have it together. We couldn't be closer to God. It's, I, I think if you remember, I'm sure you do better than I do, but the what impressed us so much with him is he wasn't a guy that had always wanted to be a teacher and a pastor. He simply loved the word. And from his background in navigators, all he did before we ever met him for decades is memorize scripture. Yeah. And so when you talk to him, you weren't just talking to Jerry Bridges. You weren't talking about a, a good author that that made scripture plain as helpful as that is. You just heard scripture uh, being applied consistently and functionally. And his answers were not just a man thinking about what he thought. In fact, he wouldn't usually talk about what he thought. He talked about what the word said. And I remember that impacting us so much. It's like, the power of scripture to change a man fundamentally because he wasn't an outgoing guy. If you remember, his wife was very outgoing. Yes. We had so much fun. Yeah. He had remarried by then. She was a jokester and yeah. we just really cut up and he just kind of sit there and look at yeah. us <laughs> until we'd ask the questions. And then the richness of his answers were, were really captivating. Yeah. You know, I had a guy years ago, Danny, when I lived in Indiana, made a statement I've never forgotten it. He said, uh, we always want to be worried about the breadth of our lives, the breadth of our ministry, and, you know, this wide kind of an angle view of what we get to do. He said, few times do people become concerned about the depth of their ministry. Yeah. And, and Jerry was one of those guys yes. that he was not a mile wide and an inch deep. He yes. was deep in God. Yes. I can remember as a young pastor, um, being asked, what's your 50-year plan? And I remember being so stumped by that because I had no clue. I'm not sure I really should have known or wanted to know. And certainly whatever I would have written down would not have proved to be what actually happened. But it's living day to day. Yes. And actually being surprised by the work of the Lord in your life on a daily basis and looking back and realizing that he's led us in ways that we would have never thought of. And then the fruit of that being so very good. Yes, it's so great. God's, God's faith, faithfulness in our lives, it's so easily seen and the grace of God through so many ways. As you're looking backwards. Yeah, it, it's, <laughs> it's a lot it really is a lot fun to, uh, to see that. And, you know, that's something that really does help, though, even when we're looking more forwardly uh, because of the fact that he was faithful then. He's going to be faithful yes. in the future. But you don't know that he's going to be. You don't know how that's going to work out. You don't know how that's going to work. That's why it's faith. Yeah. 
it's it's not seeing it's not yeah. having absolute clarity on what's next it's i will follow you i will trust you and then you look back on what he's actually done and you're just amazed because you would have never necessarily made those choices yourself right well you're still an elder you're a bivocational uh, or uh, a retired emeritus pastor at our church, which is Metro Life Church. And you're also now one of the leaders on the board of Grace Partnership. And one of the things we'll be talking about, especially in the second segment, uh, is this upcoming conference next week, actually. Next week, that's right. At Metro Life Church with Grace Partnership. And what is so exciting about that and what I want to talk to you in depth about is the the kind of like the representation of the nations that are coming together for this, because it's not just Americans gathering for another conference. We're going to have people coming in, especially from the Ukraine, which is such a, a great opportunity for us to love on them. Yes. I mean, they're, they're walking a walk that I can't even imagine right Don't now. Don't want to know. <laughs> yeah, really? It's true. So that we'll, we'll get to all of that in a moment. And Danny, uh, again, is one of the leaders of Grace Partnership. Uh, Danny, I want to go back. I want to swing around here in the remainder of this segment, though, and talk about what you remember, what what God spoke to you uh, during that move of God that we had in the 90s when when our hearts were so touched by the, the presence of God. And that seems to be, you also mentioned earlier, the importance of repentance that that brings in revival. And both of those words have been heavily used as descriptors from the people that I've talked to about Asbury right now. Correct. Number one, it's it's really touching people in the area of repentance. And number two, people are saying that they are sensing the tangible thickness of the air, presence of God, even as they're walking into Hughes Hall. Well, I I had the privilege of being a part of the whole Jesus movement. That's right. In the 60s and 70s. And so I had experienced the, the, the repentance, the call to reality, to biblical reality, to not playing church games. And again, one of the advantages of being older is that you can look back and you can make comparisons that help you uh, sort through what's happening even today. And then the the church, in my opinion, didn't do very well when the hippies, they used to call them, would come into the church. Yes. Many times they were dirty. They had clothes that were unwashed, uh, long hair. They'd been camping out for weeks at a time. Uh, drugs were very, very common. Uh, immorality was very common. Modesty was not an issue for them at all, uh, and I'm being very general, but I mean it did mark the movement of the sexual revolution, and the churchgoers didn't like having these people, these people, in their church building that they had paid all this money to build, and one of the things we're praying for now and excited about what's happening at Asbury because of the potential is to be ready as a local church for the coming revival. Because I'm sure anyone listening to this program, regardless of your political position, know how dire and how sad the things are that we're hearing on a national basis. Yeah, right. That's not a political statement. Yes, I agree completely. You know, my memories yeah. about that move back in the uh, late 60s and 70s in 1969, I was 16 years old, 
and there was a guy in our church and uh, he he just loved Jesus. He was a businessman. He was no ministry uh, titles about him at all, but he was, I believe, an evangelist and one who equipped others. And so what he did was he looked for a lot of us young guys that had a love for the Lord, and he gathered us together and began teaching us about sharing our faith. And we went out during that that post-Woodstock era, and of course the uh, the the Jesus movement was just beginning. We'd go out on Sunday afternoons and we would witness and invite people to our Sunday night service. And our pastor, now the pastor of the church, there were a lot of things that I may have disagreed with him later in life, theologically speaking, but he had a love for young people. And he he had taught the church, we want to be welcoming to these people. Let's welcome them. They won't look like you because everybody else in our church dressed up with suits, <laughs> all the guys. And they didn't have suits. And they came in with... Or wouldn't wear them tie, if they had them. Right. They came in with tie-dye shirts and cut-off jeans and you, they, uh, everything that you said about... And their music was different. Oh, yeah. Their lingo was different. But but Don led all of us. Don Sexton was his name. He led all of us, and we'd go out in, in groups. There'd be like three or four groups going out. And we'd invite them, and then we'd meet back at the church and pray that they would come. One night, Danny, the entire back of the auditorium was filled with these people. They came in. These, what that's what you said earlier is exactly what our church called them. Those people. Those people. <laughs> but I went up to one of uh, those guys and I said, "Hey, my name is Mike," and he goes, "My well, my my uh, family calls me Brad, but my name is Whore." And I thought, oh. So I said to him, hey, whore, nice to meet you. (laughs) I didn't know what else to do. But the Lord did a work in those people, in in all of us in that time. And I think the the setting then, if I remember from my parents, they were so bewildered with what was happening, uh, especially in America, but around the world. And they didn't see how it could ever get better. And I see that very parallel today as things get worse and worse. And people are believing things that are absolute lie. Um, it's not even reality. At some point, this generation is going to realize they've been lied to. And when they do, they're going to start looking. And they're going to be ripe and ready for what Christ has to offer in his kingdom. And so it they're going to right now. And they're going to come into the yeah. church. And yeah. I think we as believers need to be ready to be uncomfortable and care more about the people and what the Holy Spirit's doing than what some sort of comfortability or like decent, uh, normal for us kind of thing. And roll up our sleeves and open our homes and take folks out to to, to lunch and dinner and find out their stories. Let's uh, pick up on that after the break. We're up against a break. This is Afternoons with Mike, my good friend, Danny Jones with me. We'll be right back. EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs. With over 40 years experience, EC Waters is a top trained comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. No wonder EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. Pastors and financial leaders, do you need expert accounting or tax help? Do you have payroll or 1099 questions? Do you need a ministry expert to help you acquire real estate for your next project? If the answer is yes, 
Yes and yes. Visit PetraWorldwide.org. Petra Worldwide has been strengthening ministries to transform humanity since 2007. Visit PetraWorldwide.org or call 855-481-9095. So excited to have my friend Danny Jones up here with me. Danny is the pastor emeritus, the senior pastor emeritus, uh, really founded the church of Metro Life Church back in 1985. And that church is now led by my son-in-law. He is our leader. My goodness, how weird is that, Danny, that Chris Jesse, my son-in-law, became uh, the, the person that is now leading that church. Little guy that used to run around our neighborhood and play basketball in the in the driveways. <laughs> I know it. And uh, tricked me and acted like he wanted me to help him learn guitar when he was really wanting just to come see my daughter. I yeah. mean, that, let's we just heard a lot it. about that. Yeah, right. We we know how that went. He would leave you and come down to our house and <laughs> lament. <laughs> it's it's crazy, unbelievable. We could not love him more and are grateful for what God's doing. Yes. And I know that as the guy who founded this church, that has to be fun for you to see what God's doing right now. Well, to to see a young man come to a place of maturity is very rewarding. And to hear him come in with fresh vision for today and the culture, and yet not, not trying to change the foundation, the the fundamental, the biblical aspect, not mm-hmm. caving into the culture, but applying what Scripture says to this century, this this day and age. Not trying to go back to you know the Book of Acts, but what does the back Book of Acts say about today? Yeah. What are God's intentions? That's what I see coming out of him Sunday after Sunday. And it is a very rewarding experience to be sitting there receiving from him. I mean, personally, deeply moved by God many times week after week by his teaching and preaching. And I'm just sitting in the seat and on that receiving end. Now I'm on the front end of, of uh, input, you know, for the messages and on the back end of evaluation of the messages, but the actual conveying and watching the Holy Spirit use him is really one of the most rewarding things I've ever experienced in my life. It really is. And I know that he loves you and has it's been mutual. Gra- he's been greatly impacted by your life. At one point, he was your assistant and really booked a lot of your travels when you were traveling yes. uh, to other churches. And Put up with a lot. Yeah, well, I tell you, that is part of the joy, I think, in relationship. It's it's going through life together, and that's what he did with you. He's got stories. Let's just put it that I, way. I'm sure he does. <laughs> uh, but that's okay. I have them, too. Boy, you have <laughs> me, many, many more. <laughs> that's great. Danny, we mentioned in segment one that a conference is coming up next week called Grace Partnership. And last year, you stepped in into a new role in Grace Partnership, a, a role on the board. Correct. And so you're now one of the leaders, one of the board members for this movement. It's not a large movement, but I, I know that the heart is for it to be a growing one. And it, it is one that is inclusive of not just churches in America, uh, but in many uh, parts of the world as well. I know Brazil and uh, in Europe and uh, included in that would be, uh, as we mentioned, Ukraine. And a, a year ago, uh, about the uh, the time of the conference, right before the conference, just before, uh, we all know what happened in Ukraine, invasion of by Russia. 
Yeah, the pastor that was at the conference actually got stuck here. He couldn't get back for a while because of the invasion. And walking through that experience with them, being able to talk to them, I found out to find out what it's really like on the street there, as opposed to what you might be hearing through different media outlets, uh, has really helped us to pray for them much more specifically, Mm -hmm. because that particular church has been inundated with refugees fleeing the war-torn area, because they're in an area that's a little bit farther away from the actual invasion. And so they just have housed hundreds and hundreds of folks as they're making their way to Mm -hmm. Poland and other nations. It's been fascinating. Now, the whole areas around Ukraine, a lot of people, you know, the names have changed on a lot of these countries over the years. Used to be Uh, Soviet. Yeah, because it was part of the Soviet bloc. In fact, a lot of people may not know, even to this day, that the site of that big nuclear accident at that nuclear power plant we all called it Kiev back then. A lot of uh, it's now being called on the news media, and by people who go over there have told me it's Kiev to many of them. That's how they pronounce it locally. Right. Kiev uh, is in Ukraine. Correct. So, and it is one of the more, I guess you could say, influential and important areas of Ukraine. But Ukraine is like the breadbasket of Europe over there. It's, Isn't that amazing? Yeah. What America has been in, in this part of the world from a standpoint of producers of grain and exporters of breads and food and all sorts of food, that's what Ukraine is. And it really is an amazingly uh, God-centered uh, country. I mean, a lot of the leaders in Ukraine are believers. So uh, it's really in, incredible to see. Well, to see their leaders um, addressing and opposing corruption in the government Mm -hmm. and from a lot of their predecessors and to really stand up for the gospel and the kind of, you know, persecution they get from that. But to see them even now, I mean, even though they're a little bit farther away from the actual front lines, they're still getting the missiles. They're still getting their power grids knocked out. And the Ukrainian people are are just shocking the world with how strong they are. Um, even even with these missiles coming in, knocking out the power grid, they've gotten to where they can get it up and running in just a matter of days. Yeah, they're just they're just so resilient, and they are so committed to standing the ground. I, I think everyone's really surprised by these people. They expected them. I think Russia expected them just to cave. Yeah, I think in a matter of days. Yeah, it's not gone well for Russia. No, it hasn't. In spite of the damage that they've done, and and of course, you say knock the power grid out. It's hard for us to imagine, especially those of us in Florida, to imagine what that means practically, because that meant they're spending night after night after night until they can get things somewhat back online in cold regions. I mean, let's face it, that's a cold part of the country in the wintertime. Yeah, for us, it's more like a hurricane coming through mm-hmm. and knocking out our power, which can take weeks. But we don't have the Cold. sub-zero weather. Yeah, that's that why that's exactly right. So they are uh, living without heat in sub, sub-freezing, at least at the warmest, sub-freezing temperatures. And uh, these pastors, though, have just zero regard for themselves. And that's one I've been so impressed with what I've learned, both through Grace Partnership and the pastors that are a part of that, as well as with Sean Sullivan from Mission 823, who's been up here regularly. And he has ministry to Ukraine, has had it for years. 
the courage of these guys, the selflessness of these men and women, it's really remarkable. It really is. I, again, I think the world is shocked. I don't, I don't know that anybody protect, predicted that they would stand like they are standing. Mm-hmm. Or have the success that they've had. And quite frankly, again, I don't mean this politically, but I, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised with the way the world is supporting them and supplying them with arms. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't really envision that happening. I'm surprised too. And some people, that is a course of criticism for a lot of people. Yes, they, it is. They're really not all uh, unified even on that. But hey, this country right now is not known for its uh, unity. <laughs> really, sadly, I'm, I'm laughing, but I, I'm only laughing because it's better than crying, I think. Well, and I think, again, that's why we're set up for revival. Uh, the, the world is not going to solve our division itself. The philosophies of this day and age are not going to solve or bring people together. Obviously, both political parties, even other political parties, in the name of unity, are dividing the country even more. Mm-hmm. The only thing that's going to bring unity is the kingdom of God. That's true. And that's what we're praying that God will do, that now would be the time. And that's what we're hearing coming out of Asbury. There's a lot of people that have gone there and they instantly criticize, well, they're not doing this, well, they should be doing this, whatever, which I'm not sure how people think that they know what they these people should be doing. Mm-hmm. But what we're hearing from the students is on a campus that was heavily divided on many issues, they're experiencing love and unity. And instead of avoiding other students, they're embracing them and they're asking them genuinely and spending time with them genuinely. How are you doing? Uh, the, the revival there is not a, about uh, an individual or group coming in and leading, you know, a whole series of messages. It's students that are just praying. I think one of the, one of the strengths of this, what we're seeing is nobody's really leading it because it doesn't need to be led. It's people being ministered to. It's people ministering to one another. It's people following on their knees, the Holy Spirit opening their eyes to see uh, where they've been deceived and where sin has brought death in their lives. And they're, they're repenting and they're standing up and they're sharing testimonies of what God has done for them. Um, right now, that's what seems to be the need. Uh, I, we do want and desire for it to be gospel-centered uh, through and through, and there's certainly a time for biblical teaching. This right now, it's a huge prayer meeting, and it's a time of worship. And from what I just heard, every two hours, they'll, they'll switch musicians because they're exhausted, and those musicians will just you know, play whatever is on their heart. And sometimes the people join in, and sometimes they don't. It's all very spontaneous. Right. And even canceling classes, the, the administration is just waiting day by day I think they just decided that they're going to head and going to cancel for two weeks. But up until now, every day, it's like, well, what do we do today? What do we do today? Well, it looks like, you know, this is something we need to give ourselves to. So it's pretty amazing to me. It really is. And, what you know, my, son, my uh, brother-in-law was there last night. Oh. And he uh, sent us a picture, and this has been going on every day, when people are arriving. And yesterday it was raining in Asbury, at Asbury. Uh, in Wilmore, Kentucky. 
And so people have their umbrellas with the best attitudes, he said. And they're standing literally for a couple of hours waiting for the doors to open. And there, and think about that. How often do, do you hear a story about someone coming to a church before the church doors are, you know, or before they can let you in because there are so many people already inside and these people are patiently waiting for more seats to become available. And as it, as it, uh, as they do, they, they move on in into yeah. that auditorium. The testimony of one of the students was that I think it wisely, the administration is not allowing public in until like, 1130 or 12 to allow the students to continue because there are so many more people visiting now that are actually students or faculty. And that can be very overwhelming when people are just coming to spectate. Now, thankfully they're getting involved and, and it's spreading. It seems like across the nation, but this again is students and faculty and administration that are praying together and caring for each other and bearing each other's burdens and sharing each other's joys. Mm-hmm. It, it's not just a, it's not a church service of any kind. It's not an organized, what some might think a revival is. It's not a series of meetings. It's a spontaneous and hearing this again from the students, there's just this heavy presence of, of God yeah. that is totally surprising them. They're not going in and trying to make something happen. They're just responding to what is happening. Yeah, it's touching their lives really deeply. And they don't want to leave. And and I don't get I don't blame them. You know, when you have that the air is as thick as it can be with the presence of God, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. What else matters? Yeah, what what <laughs> uh, what are you going to rush off to? Exactly. It's more important than that. And that's kind of what I would just pray that it happens here in our country. And we are getting reports. I'm getting reports about breakouts, not only on that campus, which is Asbury University, which is a theological campus um, associated with the Methodist Church. But it's happening in in some of the churches like UK. I mean, uh, some of the campuses like UK. I'm hearing about that. So it could happen at any of our campuses. It could happen at any of our churches. And we're praying that it does. Let's jump back for a moment now for the balance of this segment, Danny. The meeting that's going on next week, it's six days away now. It starts Thursday night. Correct. And it's the Grace Partnership Conference. Tell us about the theme. What are you expecting? Well, the theme is the church. The desire is to equip um, the pastors, their um, staff, elders, deacons, members of their church, into seeing what does the Bible say about what church is? Because we know it's a far cry from what many of us experience now to be church. So we're emphasizing the different um, ways that scripture describe uh, church, like the bride of Christ. Mm-hmm. So it's it's taking each of these different um, aspects and breaking it down as to what what. What does this look like and is it to look like in our local church, which even our communities, like we have a community, um, a pastor coming from Minnesota, their culture is very, very different. They don't have a streetlight in their city, but what does it look like to be the church there in Minneota, Minnesota? Mm-hmm. What does it look like to be the church in Orlando, Florida or else? Mm-hmm. It's a fellowship of churches that's not 
uh, set up in any way to try to equip and serve uh, in, in ways that many ministries do. It's very relational. Not a denomination. No, but it, no, it's not at all. It's the intent is pastors need one another. Sadly, many pastors have no one to really share with their heart or no one to guide them other than getting a book or going to a lecture. What do I do in this side when this kind of situation happens in a local church? Uh, what, how do we, how do we lead the church in this area or that these situations to have other pastors that have been there that can share their experience and what they've learned and to care. I think that's one of the earmarks of our movement is caring for one another. So for instance, in May, we're going to be having a, a retreat for just the pastors without any agenda of teaching at all. Not again, we're not against teaching, but this is a setting where it's going to be men spending time getting to know each other. One of the guys said it today on our Zoom call. Um, it's scrambling eggs together. <laughs> it's it's going and get you know getting coffee together. Uh, it's spending a few days building relationship and and personally, from what I can see in Scripture, the kingdom of God is all about relationship. I agree, Danny. The website, if you'd like to go, gracepartnership.net. It's going to be Thursday night through lunch on Saturday. And um, we'll, uh, you can get the details at gracepartnership.net. My guest is Danny Jones. We'll be back for one more segment in just a moment. Palm Beach Atlantic University, Orlando, offers three distinct areas of study. An evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. All of our courses are offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. It's always fun for me to have my friend Danny Jones back up to the studio, and he's here today. We've been talking about a variety of things on the program, including the upcoming Grace Partnership Conference, which is going to begin on Thursday, and it will go all the way through uh, the noon hour on Saturday. And it's all going to be at Metro Life Church in the chapel, and that is in Castleberry, Danny, I remember when we uh, took our first trip to Castleberry to look at that property. It was uh, there, there was, was nothing, nothing there, there. <laughs> except for gopher turtles. Except for those gopher turtles, right? <laughs> I went out one day and saw one uh, crawling, and I thought, "Oh no, this is not good." They had those huge holes all over, and yeah. we had to have them moved. I mean, that was the the thing that had to happen, and it we were going to have to pay yes big bucks for them to kill them. Yeah, entombed them, and they said. And then we found the place of home for them, and we didn't have to pay the big fine. So yeah. it worked out really well it, for us. It worked out great for everybody concerned, uh, maybe except for the turtles. I don't know if they liked leaving their homeland, but that's uh, that's what had to happen. And we stayed within the the bounds of the law to do that building, and it was really fun. And well, that land was had been never been developed. It was it really amazing. Never touched, yeah. And it's, it's such a beautiful spot. Of course, since then, they built the, the flyover there on Redbug Road, and a lot has changed, so it's prime area right now. Yeah, and it's uh, the city, I think, were caring for the area very well. 
they wouldn't let uh, a retail establishment on that place or a apartment complex or whatever. It was just too congested, mm-hmm. way too busy. And so they determined that one of the best uses was something that would be used in non-business hours, which is the church. That's right. So when we applied, they approved us right away and we were pretty, pretty happy because the owners had, had gone several times and been turned down on project after project. So they were pretty relieved too, to find, yeah, right. find a, find a viable buyer. And that happened. And uh, it's such a great place and many wonderful memories there. And now Cindy and I are back, uh, back at our home church. We're so we glad were. you are. Yeah. 17 year hiatus in Gainesville, planting a church and yeah, being and part Gainesville. of that. And that was a, a blast. And uh, now I've got friends in both cities that I love dearly, and we're, we're just grateful. I get to see some of them next week. So this is really a special time. So that conference again, uh, gracepartnership.net. If you'd like to go, you can certainly go. Yeah, it's open up. to anyone. Open to anyone. And you don't have to register for the whole time. If you only want to go to one session, you can do that. Yes. And I know uh, the, the last time I checked and talked with you, there were some questions about some of the foreign pastors. Does it look like they're all going to get to come in? Almost all of them. We had one that we just found out a couple of days ago from Columbia, I believe, that is not going to be able to come last minute. But um, the folks from Ukraine, the folks from Colombia, the folks from Bolivia. Um, Netherlands? They're not going to be able to come oh, they're this not year. They were this here year. last year. Okay. Things are challenging for them right now mm-hmm. there. They're they're going through the same thing there as you mentioned earlier about Ukraine. They are dealing with refugees from the Middle East, and they've opened their their whole facility up. They're, they they supply um, housing, temporary housing um, for refugees, and they care for them. And they've actually had quite a number uh, come to the Lord, and they're sent off to their permanent destination with a you know brand new relationship with the Lord Jesus and who knows what they're doing in their other countries now as a result but those people are again they're heroes just heroic what they're doing and that's caring wonderful. for others and just giving their lives away that's what they're doing and they're doing it in courageous manner and it is so uh, encouraging to be with these people from the Ukraine I don't get what they go through I I would have no way of even uh, quantifying what it is like for them to live a day under those kind of circumstances. But when you're with them, you don't get that at all. You don't get that feeling that they're hard-pressed or whatever. The joy in their lives. I mean, there's definitely that level of fear in that. I mean, you can just be walking down the street and a missile hit. And, And sadly, those missiles are hitting just regular, I mean, even hospitals, and, and, uh, uh, yeah, elementary schools, schools nurseries. Yeah. Um, so nowhere is really safe and they're not really always having enough time to avoid, even if they know it's coming. Uh, one good thing is they're able to shoot the vast majority of them down now before they even hit, but um, they're still getting through and they're doing major destruction. Uh, so they really know from one minute, don't know from one minute to the next. And something else that's just amazing, especially in Ukraine, is they're in the process of building a whole new building 
because their church has grown so much. And here they're in the middle of a war. And they're growing. And they're building. I don't think church uh, growth experts would kind of figure in on that one, right? Well, you think what you're building could be destroyed in a second by a missile. Yeah. But it's not deterring them at all. Uh, That is courage. And that is faith. It is courage. And I think it's exciting to hear. And that's really one of the benefits about going to a meeting like what's upcoming, because, you know, we're not going to hear that same kind of story just each and every meeting that we ever attend, or we wouldn't necessarily think about the plight of people in Ukraine who are trying to walk the gospel life and and live a, a life pleasing to God. How do you do that? The way that, well, listening to their story really opens that up. And we're really glad that they're getting to come. I mean, they had to go through a special process to even be approved, uh, allowed to come. Hmm. But they're going to get a bit of a respite, you know, to to come and not have to live like that. Yeah. Even for a few days. That'd be a blessing for them. In the time we have left, Danny, I'd love for you to kind of put your analyses hat on, if you will, as you look at what's happening. I know you you look around uh, on a daily basis and you still are involved with people's lives. You see the pain on people with high costs in America, uh, the things going on with national security that's seemingly uh, something new developing every day, trains derailing, uh, all of these kinds of problems that are happening. What do you make about what's happening in our country right now? Well, I I don't use this term lightly, but I do think it's very clear, or does I do observe, that these are the end times. Everything Christ said was going to happen is, in fact, happening. Now, how long it's going to be before he returns for his bride, don't know that. Yeah, we don't know. But it does seem like it's getting closer and closer. Um, I remember my parents saying that when mm-hmm. I was a kid. So generation after generation, and just like the nation of Israel, for centuries, they had they had longed to see the coming of the Messiah. We long to see the second coming of the Messiah. But I think what's actually of late, I mentioned this earlier, is actually encouraging me is how bad things are. And instead of being shocked and really in any way derailed in my faith, it's actually increased because the darker things go, mm-hmm. we know the brighter the light is. And again, we saw it in the 60s. We we saw it in the 90s. Now we're seeing it again in the 2020s where God can in an instant, well, like we saw with COVID, he can shut the entire world down in just a, ma- a matter of moments. But in revival, he can shut an entire system down in just a matter of right. hours. right. And so to see the Lord begin to answer prayer and to have a hope that goes beyond anything that we see or think or feel or anything's being told to us to realize that so much of what's being spewed out now just is false and it is inaccurate and it doesn't last and it doesn't work really brings me comfort that there is a solid rock as the scripture says Um, spiritual warfare in its simplest form is standing on the rock. Uh, I'm I'm not able to fight myself against all these issues going on. I can't do anything about even what's happening in other cities in America, never mind other nations, but I can stand on the rock and that rock is immovable and come what may, 
you know, we, we see in scripture that idea of the, the winds blowing, the mm-hmm. storm coming, and it just doesn't blow the house down. And we've seen that here in Florida a lot with hurricanes where entire neighborhoods can be completely leveled and one or two houses that were built well, they stay look untouched. Yeah, right. And you think, how could that be? It's like well, the winds didn't even hit them. It's all in the construction. Right. And Jesus built his church. Christ is the head of the church today, and it will not falter. I love it. Psalm 12 says this, verse uh, 7, You, Lord, will keep the needy safe and will protect us forever from the wicked, who freely strut about when what is vile is honored by the human race. We have that hope in the one who will keep us safe. And uh, that is the hope I know that these that are in Ukraine and other areas that are facing difficulties in the world, their hope is in the Lord. And only. Uh, uh, that's right. They that's all they have. Else. They, we, we in America have been spoiled really to a point of detriment because it can make us uh, be like the man who ha- had plenty. He had uh, his silos filled and thought, you know, eat, drink and be merry, you know, build something bigger tomorrow. We, we just, we, we can't have that attitude. It's really important that we realize that the Lord is going to come again and it could, his coming could become sooner than we think. In an instant. In an instant. Yeah, these are exciting times. Revival times are always that. And we just need to pray. I, I think often of uh, that uh, cry for Maranatha, come Lord quickly, come soon. And for the sake of revival in the church today, we're praying that it comes to Central Florida and that it will come now. And that's what and that, that cry, Maranatha, is not as I've seen in my past where it's just wanting to escape all this. Just get me out of here. I want this over with. It's not at all. It's you come and be glorified. You come and being, bring justice right. throughout the earth. You come and bring your blessing. We want to be your people. We want to stop worshiping all these idols. And we can't do that in our own strength. Right. So to know that his coming is to be so much more than just the end to our tears or our pain, it is going to be the fulfillment of God's master plan for his creating us in the very first place. Ah, Pretty exciting. That is. The kingdom of God is always exciting, and it's a, a fun place that we can actually in there. We're just about out of time. Again, if you'd like information on this conference, it's going to be on the church and it is going to be put on by Grace Partnership. It's going to be at Metro Life Church in Castleberry. You can find out all the information, all the details. You can register for one uh, one session or the entire conference by going to gracepartnership.net. That's gracepartnership.net. .net. Danny Jones, my buddy for many, many years. Great to have you back up here. Thanks for having me. And friends, we'll see you next time. Have a wonderful weekend. God bless you. And thank you for joining us here on Afternoons with Mike. <music>